Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Coming up on today's show, it's all about the What's Good Buns. Just kidding, it's about Summer Game Fest. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I am Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. And by buns, she means hair, not butts. That's correct. Which makes me hair, sad. Hair buns. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and Mrs. Rihanna Manuel Pena. Hello, hello. We're back in our chairs. Yay. We did the thing. <laughs> we survived. Not E3. Oh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I really liked it. It was my first Summer Game Fest. The format was kick-ass. I loved how chill the vibes were. I feel like every time I saw someone, they were like in a good mood and they were chipper. It's like, oh, this is nice. It was it was very pleasant, is what it was. It was indeed. Mm. It was much busier than I think we anticipated it being when we first found out about the play days and everything that it was going to entail. But then with the Xbox Showcase and Ubisoft Forward, then Capcom sneaking in there, it became a very full five days of content. And we got to see a ton of games. If you guys haven't checked out our video that we shot on location at Summer Game Fest Play Days, please do. We talk about some hands-on with some really big titles, including Mortal Kombat 1 and Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty. We are joined by the wonderful Emily Rose, a writer and producer who assisted us with coverage over the weekend. So shout out to Emily. We look forward to getting her back on the show sometime very soon. But today we wanted to kind of recap some of the biggest announcements from the shows over the last couple of days. By the time you're listening to this, it's probably going to feel like old news. So we're not going to go over everything. We're just going to highlight the things that stood out to us and mostly just talk about that Like a Dragon 8 trailer. Oh my God. (laughs) Gave me life. My skin got rejuvenated. I looked like I was 10 years younger after seeing that ass. God damn. You saw a lot of that ass. Oh God. I mean, I was surprised that the whole trailer was just him naked on a beach and then making dick jokes. Like I... Was not expecting that, but it was very pleasant. But Yakuza is a serious crime drama, Andrea. You have to understand this. (laughs) A very serious crime drama. Well, I mean, like, listen, why don't we just jump right into that? But before we do, I want to say thank you to this month's Patreon producers, Chewy's Godson, Ferris Atia, Justin Foshi, and Punctified, and welcome to our Patreon community, Harikshna Meta. Hopefully, Hari, I didn't butcher that name and I don't know if you go by Hari but that's what I'm going to call you so I don't butcher your name again and uh, we have a new podcast reviewer and some people wrote some very nice things Aww. yeah shout out to Pterodactyl which reminds me of Pterodactyl and I want to go because I feel like that's what a yep. Pterodactyl sound is you know maybe this is my new thing give us a five star review and I'll make a sound effect that I feel like you make based off of your name I mean <laughs> I don't. no one wants that but maybe you know if you leave a five star review maybe I'll do it for you friends 
I mean, I'm capable okay. of making some weird she's, noises. Listen, she's putting it out there, everybody. Take her up on her offer. <laughs> I do want to shout out a review that I read from Pug Slider Gross that was left saying, I put off leaving a much-deserved five-star review for too long, thinking I could adequately compose a review to describe all the greatness in this show. But I can't, so here's the best I could hastily write up while forking over my five stars. I did appreciate that they called out that we cover topics like accessibility, representation, and mental health seamlessly woven into informative game-related discussion. And I appreciate that. Thank you. It's nice when it's noticed, you know? Yeah. Thank you. It's great. All right. Let's talk about video game news. Sound the alarm. Xbox had their showcase on Sunday, and boy, do they have a whopper of a showing. We got to be in person at the Novo in downtown Los Angeles, and it was a really fun experience being in a room full of people who were very excited about being there and about Xbox. And I think it's such a smart thing for Xbox to tie their fan fest into their media showcase because it just brings an energy to the room that, you know, reminds us of why we love doing this and why we love video games. And it kind of brings that energy of what E3 press conferences used to be. So I had a, a really great time watching all these trailers, like basically like a movie theater experience. It was great. Do you want to just jump right into Like a Dragon? Like, just go right yeah. there? And then we can circle back? Is the Pope Catholic? <laughs> Let's fucking do this. God damn. Okay. okay, yeah. So, Yakuza 8, a.k.a. now called Like a Dragon. The next Like a Dragon game is called Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. And like we kind of talked about, it, this is one of my favorite trailers, I think, of all time. Like, I wasn't sure what it was going to be for that split second and then that RGG studio logo popped up and I squealed and pissed and shit and barfed all at the same time. I didn't do any of that but metaphorically. Uh, yeah so you start off with Ichiban waking up in if you look real closely if you do the sleuthing you can tell it's a map of Hawaii and for the record he's butt ass naked. Butt ass naked for this entire trailer and he's just kind of moseying around on the beach trying to figure out where he is. He's obviously very very disoriented and I don't know if y'all have seen Austin Powers. I think it was mm-hmm. huge yeah there's this segment in there where Austin Powers is naked or I think it's two it's whatever it doesn't matter and his goods if you will are constantly covered by some sort of like object that's perfectly timed to make sure he's always covered and that's exactly what's here there's a coconut there's suntan lotion there's XYZ and everyone's looking at Ichiban and being like hey surf's up dude or like hang loose man or whatever and then there's this blonde girl who I'm not gonna say is based off of me but you know maybe she I'm just gonna pretend she is in my headcanon she's like oh my god a streaker and it's hilarious and then he realizes that he's naked anyway so the thing there's a few things here to to look at so obviously the map that covers his butt it says i think it says like the ha at the end of it so you have to assume it's hawaii which makes sense seeing as the prior game takes place in japan and then as ichiban's roaming around there's someone holding a magazine and if you zoom in and watch it on 4k you can tell that it spells k-a-h-a-k-i which means on the beach in hawaiian so okay like it's starting to like you know starting to all come together and he has this little like capsule around his neck and so I'm wondering in my little hypothesis here is he is in Hawaii because he has some very very important information around his neck maybe he got drugged maybe he got like intoxicated or knocked out or something and now he winds up on the shores of Hawaii for some reason or another with this information in his necklace and we're going to figure out like what the next mystery is kind of like you know how the last game was there's a few screenshots that we have on RGG's website 
It's Nanba and Adachi. They're doing some magical shit, so you can assume that the same sort of comeback is back. And then there's a photo of Kiryu and Ichiban hanging out. Kiryu has like his fancy like host type hair. Yeah, so there's the other interesting things. I won't go like too much into it, but the fact that they're maybe back in the United States means that maybe we see some returns of certain characters. There's Sayama and Joji who came, are from Yakuza 2 and 3, and we all know they kind of went back to the US, and one of them is a love interest for Kiryu. Could you fucking imagine, friends, if that happens? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. all, we, all we got. I mean, who could imagine? Uh, I could. Oh, you should. You should get in my brain, girl. There's so much stuff going on. But this was like the like. Oh my god. The only thing that could have made this trailer better if it was Majima, Majima naked, and then I would be way happier. But like Ichi's great too. Yeah. So that was that trailer we got. And then if I can just piggyback off of this real quick, during Jeff's showcase we got on Thursday, we got another trailer for Like a Dragon, Gaiden, the man who erased his name, and this is the Yakuza game that takes place between Yakuza 6 and Like a Dragon. And this is going to tell the story of what Kiryu has been up to. We all know he essentially faked his own death to protect his family. And now he's assuming a new name, Joryu. There it is. And he's going to go undercover to protect someone and do something. And the, some of the new information we got is that there's going to be two different fighting styles. And you're going to be able to, here we go. You can go in the battle arena in this game. You can sing a new karaoke song. You can enjoy a drink at the live action cabaret club. <laughs> what? Or you can race in the pocket circuit. <gasps> Again, like, I ate good this weekend, friends. I ate so good. We haven't even talked about Persona yet or Alan Wake or any of that kind of stuff. But, like, just these two announcements alone were just so fuck. I'm loving that we're getting so much info on these games. Anyway, looking fantastic. That is actually out in November of this year. And then the last game I talked about was out early 2024. So, like, I'm living my very, very best life. I cried during that last trailer, too. Andrea was next to me. It was awesome to finally be side by side for a live showcase again and <laughs> be able to, like, experience that next to you. I mean, the only person that has ever come close to having the visceral reaction that Brittany does to the games that she loves was Emily Rose <laughs> during the Fallout 76 DLC trailer oh. that Xbox put out. I've never heard someone scream like that at a trailer in my life. I love her I was so like, much. I was like, you know what? This is the kind of fandom that I'm here for. I really like, I just was so happy for her that she was living her best Fallout 76 life. It wasn't, did she wear her Starfield outfit too? Oh yeah. She did. Hell yeah, she yeah, got a she picture did. with Todd. Hell yeah, she did. God, I love mm -hmm. her. Yeah, it was wonderful. But yeah, those are my uh, husbando updates. And what a, what a good time. Such Fantastic. Good time. Yeah. I thought Xbox had a really strong showing coming out the gate with the Fable trailer. It was part mm, of our eight ball questions if we were going to see Fable. And we saw it. And like this trailer was so fun. But I think even though the trailer was really great and everybody was like, like lost their minds when the trailer was on. I left afterwards like thinking that trailer was cool. I think that trailer was super funny. And mm -hmm. we got to see a lot of, you know, what we can expect tonally from the game. We got literally zero information about that game, what the gameplay is going to look like, when the game is coming, what kind of a game it's going to be. Because like RPGs have changed a bit since the last Fable came out. And so I'm like, well, you know, am I, I'm trying really hard not to be ungrateful that we got this trailer because this trailer is super fun. But I was like, maybe they should have just held this until they had something a little bit more material to say. Well, we did get some version of what looked like gameplay. It's obviously not confirmed. We didn't see any sort of HUD, but 
at the end, we have our, our main character, the, the I'm assuming the user-created and player character, fighting Dave, the vegetable enthusiast. Jack the Beanstalk, man. Which was so great. <laughs> so funny. But it did look a lot like it could be gameplay. And there was a, a few moments where you get to see a spell, like a fire spell being cast. You got some traversal, like you're, you're, you're going up against maybe like a boss enemy, which would be Dave. Hopefully he's actually in the game because he was really funny and I want to see him again. So I, I think it, it gave me enough like I know I can kick a chicken and probably fart on somebody, which is really my true goal in any fable game. <laughs> so break wind <laughs> on somebody. Get the, get the Brie, title. Chicken if you ever want to do that in real life, I will be your subject. I'm just saying. I love you enough that if that's something you really care about doing, I'm here for you. I appreciate you. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, I feel like we did see maybe some clips that could be gameplay, right? It was it was a little yeah. unconfirmed. We do know that everything we saw from the Xbox showcase this past Sunday was in engine but it's unclear if it's true gameplay so to your point Andrea I do think we need a little more and hopefully we get that soon but we didn't even get a a release window right for a lot of these titles that we saw this past weekend we got like 2024 or something general but yeah not even that from what I recall so hopefully we see more I want to be excited but yeah hopefully this is gameplay because what we did see looked really really great yeah no I mean like I'm with you there's a few sequences when she's kind of looks like fighting against you know our little friend over here Dave the vegetable enthusiast I think this game is probably ways away and so I you know yeah what do you do do you say 2024 no and it's probably not coming out in 2024 or you just pull a pragmata which we'll talk about later where you just like indefinitely delay it but no like I love the humor of this I'm glad that the humor seems this part right here right Ray on youtube.com yeah it looks like a gameplay sequence but maybe not Anyway, yeah, looks hilarious. I love that, you know, the main hero is like called the wanker and she kicks a chicken or whatever. And then like the other person like stops and is like, well done and shakes his head and walks away like hilarious. So I'll wait. It'll hurt me, but I'll wait. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be wonderful when it does finally come out. And we got to sit in on a panel with Xbox leadership after the showcase where the head of first party, Matt Booty, talked about how, you know, they're really excited about their slate for 2023, but that things really kick into high gear for first party specifically in 2024 because they obviously have been catching some heat from people on the internet about like, where are the Xbox first party games? You bought all these studios, you, you know, have done all these mergers and acquisitions, like what the heck is going on? And so Matt Booty was like, stay tuned, 2024, it's going to get spicy. Uh, So I think you know, this is a good sign that they have some cool things coming, like Avowed, another game from First Party that we got a deep dive on, not in the showcase, but they did it in the extended showcase that happened on Tuesday today, yesterday. What is time? I don't even know what time <laughs> is anymore. So we finally got to see Avowed again, which I think we also were expecting. We're going to have to do a tally on how much of the eight ball stuff actually So came I'm to looking right now, not. and we asked the eight ball, will we see an extended gameplay? from Fable and it said without a doubt so I can't call that it was wrong yeah Yeah. yeah, it was wrong there for sure but yeah Avowed so this was one I was really really looking for and what we asked Avowed was will we get new info on Avowed and it said ask again later because of course that asshole did but we did but we did you know we did get more info thank you 8ball for teasing me anyway yeah so um, (laughs) we got this really cool trailer that shows a lot of the first person magic in combat you see dual wielding you see sword and shield combat and some really cool magic little magic hands if you will and it definitely looks a little different compared to, depending on who you ask, a little or a lot different from the very first reveal trailer we got in 2020. But for me, I think this falls in line enough with like what I wanted to see come out of Avowed. When I think of Obsidian, I don't want the next like Skyrim, right? 
And admittedly, the CEO did say that, you know, that was kind of like the goal, right? They wanted to make their own version of Skyrim, but now it'll, quote, be more focused on depth than breadth. And it sounds like it's going to be like a fantasy Outer Worlds, which to me sounds perfect. You know, it's be a much smaller experience. And Outer Worlds can take anywhere from like, what, 15 to 30, 40 hours, depending on how much you do. I loved that about Outer Worlds, that it was a, it felt like that classic formula that Obsidian made with like Fallout New Vegas and some of the other RPGs that they've done, but it didn't feel like it was going to take me 500 hours to finish, right? I was like, thank you for giving me something that's a little bit more bite-sized. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think it looks great. I think I love how it's colorful. You know, I I know there's a lot of ties to Pillars of Eternity. I know folks are really excited about that, but if I can just get like a dense ass, like in 15 to 30 hours, that's not a short game. Like, let's be very clear, you know, especially if you can pack it full of meaningful content. I would take that all day at any day. So very, very excited for Avowed and probably more excited now than I was. So all for it. Re, what else from the first party reveals blew your skirt up? I think uh, this maybe blew a lot of people's skirts up. And I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it, Andrea, because we talked about it a little bit. But Clockwork Revolution mm-hmm. looked mm-hmm. incredible. And what was this from? In Exile, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. We've been waiting to see what they're working on and with a couple of our <laughs> studios as well. I was so, so surprised by this. And a lot of folks want a new Bioshock game. Maybe <laughs> it's a little bit of ways <laughs> off, but this definitely feels in that vein, right? So we have the cyberpunk setting. You have the first person combat with lots of interesting gadgets and gizmos as your weapons load out. You have this really charismatic, like huge character as your ultimate villain who seems to be pulling all the strings and running all of the things behind the scenes and in front of the scenes in this town. And you've become her personal biggest enemy, like her target number one, enemy number one. And I don't know, something about that that setup just really makes me excited. Like I, I really want to go there and you know show her a thing or two. I want to figure out this time powers and time dilation mechanic. Yeah. You know, it, it's got a lot of personality, even in just a little bit of the trailer, which is mostly focused on story that we see here. And honestly, the combat, I don't even need to see more. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to enjoy shooting people with steampunk guns. So <laughs> I, I'm just ready to get into this game. And and I can't wait to, to actually get a, a release date because once again, we're just left wanting more and uh, with little information. But I'm excited. Yeah, I when I saw this, I, I mean, the comparisons to Bioshock are undeniable. In fact, so much so that Twitter user at BootMac did side-by-side comparisons screenshots. And when you look at the screenshots, it's uncanny how it almost feels like they just like ripped the concept from Bioshock Infinite. It's it's very, it's very, you know, kind of disarming because you're like, hey, like that that never feels good, man. And so I think Xbox obviously felt compelled to respond. They said it was unintentional, but it's it felt like one of those moments that was like, you guys, guys, come on. <laughs> like somebody knew, somebody knew that this was going to happen when you released this trailer. Like how nobody knew the internet was going to do these side-by-side comparisons. It's like, what, what are you still stuck in like 2011? No, like these things happen instantaneously. The trailer goes up and somebody's already breaking it down frame by well, frame. Well, Mac actually is the one who produced the infinite trailer. So right. That, yeah, you're right. So that's why it was like, especially that. Like, I, I saw that thread too, and I was like, yeah, that, that, blah, blah, blah. I mean, but hey, it, it showed me what I want. Yeah, <laughs> like, hey. I want that. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm definitely excited about this game. I want to see more, I want to play more. I haven't played an, an Exile game in a very long time. I don't think I've ever 
finished one. I think the only t- one that I spent even a semi amount of time with was Wasteland 3. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, well, I'm not sure how this is going to play out. But it looks cool. I want to see more. I want to get hands on and we'll see just how similar or dissimilar to Bioshock Infinite it truly is. But yeah, that trailer was, I think, a, a very good one as well. And then the last trailer, I think, from First Party that I wanted to call out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've been wondering, like, what the hell is Compulsion Games working on? And I think we talked about this, right, in the Magic 8-Ball episode. Magic my ass, a piece of shit's broken. Um, <laughs> that, you know, Phil Spencer was once asked, you know, what what are some of the games we're most excited about being revealed? And Project Midnight was one of those. So we finally got to see it. And I think the 8-Ball actually got this one right. Let's see. Um Cannot answer now. Of course you didn't. You I lied. Technically, that's uh, not a wrong answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a third-person action-adventure game that takes place in a, quote, magic realist of American South. And it has this really cool clay. I don't want to, call it, want to call it stop-motion art style, but there's, like, a definite, like, artistic leg there, and it's really cool. I really, really love it. Anyway, so you're going to be playing as Hazel, who is this main character, and she is, quote, set off on a quest to repair a broken world by taking on mythical creatures. And these are all based off of folklore from the region the game takes its inspirations from. And they said it's going to be weird. It's going to be a very, very weird game. And Hazel is a character who's had a complex relationship with her mother, with multiple failures in her life, societal injustice. And they describe her as sarcastic and disillusioned. And the humor we see might be as much of a defense mechanism as it is genuine. And then she has this magic that's known as weaving. And we'll see this later in the trailer. She's looking for this this creature, right? And she's talking to this really, really cool guy. I'm trying to remember what his shaken bones she's like hey you know you owe me a favor I'm pretty much ready to like take that now and he's just you know strumming along or whatever and then this creature like rises from behind her and then she uses this magic that is again is called as weaving and it's quote full of fractal geometry expressed as knitting and doilies and everything is themed after textiles and so you use the strands okay Mm -hmm. you use the strands that make up the universe and weave or spin them into useful forms for the players to use and so I was like, okay, like that's really interesting. And there's a bunch of su- su- uh, supernatural threats based off, again, folklore from the Deep South and the rich cultural mix of the area, European, Caribbean, and African storytelling. Like, fuck yeah. Like, this looks so cool. Hell yeah. And I really appreciate that Compulsion made sure to give background on this heroine because mm-hmm. she's a black woman. And they said they wanted to make sure that people knew that she was created by black women and women of color saying that the inclusion was, quote, key for understanding and writing Hazel's voice. So they um, Xbox kind of revealed a little bit more about the development of this game after the showcase. And there it is. The narrative producer (laughs) said, I think part of the trouble of having limited representation is that I can put a lot of pressure on any one character to represent an aspect of culture. To tell the story of a black woman in this setting creates another level of complexity that the team had to meet with curiosity and empathy which I appreciate that they are like, hey, like we took this seriously and we want to let everybody know that, you know, we didn't want this representation to feel like checkboxy. We wanted to, to feel authentic because it represents people on our team. And I appreciated that about them. Hmm. We like it. Yeah. And the trailer looks dope. It oh, does. God. So interesting. I want to know. I want to know who Shaken Bones is. I want him <laughs> to sing me to sleep every night. Oh, Brittany, what? you would say that. Just He's terrifying. Like that big badass skeleton. What the hell is there not to love about that? I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so we don't have a release date on this either, but at least I don't think we have. I don't think they even gave a generic 2024 or anything, unless I no, missed it. No, but, but yeah. no. But, but something Reed, we did find out more about. Oh, I was going to ask you real quick oh. does this look like it could be a little too spooky for you, or are you like all in? 
a cartoonized, you know, creature feature, I think I'm okay with, especially if I'm powerful, right? Like if I can fight it, that part of it makes it fine. I can play a lot of zombie games, like zombie modes and games, like in Call of Duty, for instance, like if I have the means to fight back. It's when I feel powerless, like in something like one of these amnesia games, which we got a game from an amnesia creator in the showcase, right? Chinese room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still wakes the deep. So in those games, when it's like, oh, you have no defense mechanisms and <laughs> you're running out of air and there's everything wants to kill you. Like, that's not fun for me. <laughs> But yeah. if I can okay. shoot, you know, doily magic at him and like send him back to hell, that's great. I'm all for it. <laughs> doily magic. Fantastic. The thing I wanted to mention that we anticipated seeing and we did see and looked cool, but was still just a really dope cinematic trailer was Hellblade 2 Senua Saga from Ninja Theory. So we anticipated seeing this. We did see it. The trailer looked ridiculous as we expected it to look. Definitely reminds me that I want to go back and, you know, replay the original Hellblade and kind of refresh that. But my God, this game is just ridiculous. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it's like my takeaway. Just, even the sound design, as creepy as it is with all these voices talking in, like to you, I was like, oh, that's kind of therapeutic in a weird way. The whispering, maybe? I don't know. Does that make yeah. me weird? And quick shout out, because um, there are many times when I looked away from this trailer, shout out to the team at <laughs> Xbox and, and the events folks for having not only ASL signing for the people who came out on stage during the, the live event that we attended, but also having screens next to the trailer inside the, the Nova Theater where we could see somebody signing the audio, which for this trailer, if you've seen it and heard it, it's really hard. <laughs> and they did a great job because there's a lot of overlapping dialogues so, or mm. monologues. It was really good. Very well and I done. Think they did an audio assisted stream as well like yes. a separate stream so we love that we love an accessibility moment happening during showcases especially when Good it gives job, me something Xbox. else to look at yay <laughs> <laughs> you're like i'm not watching it's scary no thank you okay so we're not going to go over every single announcement that came but i have to talk about a third party announcement that happened in the showcase that was a splashy giant moment that got me very hyped. Persona for another 3 showcase. Reload? Andrea, oh, me too. Oh, wow, Brittany, how did you know? <laughs> Do you want to talk about Persona first? I mean, I, oh, you can go with your game, with your, your little game, and then I'll go on with my little oh my game. <laughs> All right, everybody, take a shot. We're talking about Star Wars. Hey. It's your official John Drake call out. Yes, my husband works at Disney. Gonna talk about this game a lot, so you're gonna be drinking a lot. <laughs> so, Star Wars and massive entertainment. We know that they announced that they were making a game. I was hoping that we were gonna get to see it, and we did. Hey. And it looks fucking so cool, and I'm very excited about it. And so, they dropped this like story trailer in the Xbox showcase, and then they did a gameplay trailer in the Ubisoft Forward. But I mean, when this trailer came on, everybody was just like, just eyes glued to the screen mm -hmm. watching it. Because I think there's a lot of people who were very excited about like, what's this game going to look like? And, you know, who's it going to star? And yeah. we didn't really have a lot of details about like what the game was going to be about. And I mean, just seeing the beautiful animation in this trailer and what I thought was really impressive about it was that when we did end up finally going to see the gameplay trailer, which we'll talk about when we get to the Ubisoft Forward section of the show, is that it still looks this good in the gameplay sections of the show. That was going to be my question. Okay, it does. Okay, okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, it looks so, so good. And obviously, it? it's 
These are the things that you guys want to know. Okay, so the the blurb from Ubisoft.com. Experience the first ever open world Star Wars game set between the events of The Empire Strikes Back and The Return of the Jedi. Explore distinct planets across the galaxy, both iconic and new. Risk it all as Kay Vess, a scoundrel seeking freedom and the means to start a new life along with her companion, Nyx. Fight steal and outwitch your way through the galaxy's crime syndicates as you join the galaxy's most wanted if you're oh. willing to take the risk the galaxy is full of opportunity oh hell so, yeah sounds fun so basically it's a scoundrel story right like a la han solo where you play this character k and you take on these different contracts and you build reputation with different crime syndicates throughout the galaxy, including ones like the Pike and the Huts, which are established in the in the lore, but also new original crime syndicates that the team at Massive is writing with their narrative team. And that's what we're going to see. We're going to see a blend of things from the Star Wars universe that Lucasfilm Games is working with Massive on, but also original content from Massive, which I think is, is really cool. And it's a really fun time period for them to set this in because it's right in probably one of the more iconic eras of Star Wars fandom, particularly for people like us that are more casual Star Wars fans than like, hey, I read all of the books and I've seen all of the manga and like I've watched all the series and this is like, oh yeah, I've seen Return of the Jedi. I know that movie, uh, right? And so I think, it's a, <laughs> I think it's a really fun time period for them to pick because of also like where the empire is at and where, you know, the crime syndicates are. So I think it's going to be a really fun a really fun thing, which I have actually, I got to see it behind closed doors, so I have notes, but I'll save that for when we get to the Ubisoft I still have section a lot of, of the show. Okay, yeah. great. Cool. Yes. So the next one I want to talk about briefly then is the Persona 3 Reload, and I feel so sorry for all of the people at Atlas and Sega because their whole ass shit got leaked like two days before, or I don't even know when. That was Thursday night, and this went live on Sunday a long time before. But anyway, I mean, this had been rumored for quite some time that we we're going to get a Persona 3 remake, and it was officially announced as Persona Persona 3 Reload, and this is coming, oh, when is this coming? Early 2024. And so, not to get, like, too much in the weeds with this, but I'm very happy this exists, but I'm also, like, a little bit bummed. And I'm bummed because up until this point, there has never been a definitive way to play Persona 3. You had the Persona 3 original release. You then had Persona 3 FES, which stands for Festival. You then had Persona 3 Portable. And each game has different things about it that make it unique and important. So, example, Persona 3 FES has a 30-hour epilogue. But in Persona 3 Portable, you have a female protagonist with different social links. And that is the game that I most recently played. And there are other things like who, which party members you can control or different classes or personas or not classes, personas and other stuff. There's a lot there. But what sounds like in this remake reload, it's only going to include content from the original Persona 3 game. So there's not going to be content from FES or Portable. That's a wild decision that I don't quite understand unless they're going to pull what they pulled with all the other Persona games and make a new like definitive edition. Persona 4, we got Persona 4 Golden. Persona 5, we got Persona 5 Royal. Royale, whatever the fuck it is. And so I'm assuming with this one, we'll get like a Persona 3 epic salsa version. And in this epic <laughs> salsa version, you're going to get, you know, the content hopefully all in one big package. 
So it's it's hard and complicated because as someone who just played Persona 3 Portable and absolutely fell in love with all these characters, I love playing as a female protagonist and I love being able to make and form social links with the male characters as well as the female characters because in the original you couldn't do that. So we'll see. The, the latest and greatest is that the producer has suggested that some story editions from Persona FES will be included, but this will not include the 30-hour epilogue or the female protagonist and story expansions from Portable. So that's my rant. I'm happy it exists, but also now if someone asks me like, yo, what version of Persona do I play? I, uh, I, have, a new another dis- I have another choice to choose from and now that's what, number four? So whatever. It exists. Great. But why? Why you do this? You know, because one of these days, Andrea is going to come to me and she's going to be like, I've had an awakening. She's say, I I am a board like a phoenix out of the fire. I want to play every single JRPG <laughs> known to mankind. And I want to start with Persona 3. And at first wow. I'd be like, bitch, no, you want to start with Final Fantasy 9 for real this time. But I digress. And then she'd be like, what version of Persona 3 do I want to play? I'm going to say, bitch, I don't know. I don't know. And that I lose sleep over that kind of shit, you know? It's not good. Well, I hope you don't lose sleep over it because I'm not going to come to you and be like, Persona 3 is the one. Never know that. (laughs) You don't know. You know what? I don't know the future. You are correct. (laughs) Rihanna. Yes. You seemed eager and excited to talk about something in particular. I want to give a real quick shout out to City Skylines 2 coming October 24th because fucking City Skylines is a great game and if you haven't played it if you have any desire to do a sim or city builder this is a must play for me like well tell me a little bit about it I mean City Skylines is one of those games where you're like oh let me just build a cute little town and put a road here and oh let, let me make sure I have a power plant nearby and oh it can't be too close to you know the it's sim city yeah yes. it, it, it's it's the the city part of, of sims mm. right and yeah and it, it's really really zen I I enjoy it quite a bit. It's, you know, resource management and design and and all all of those things and at one point in my life I thought I wanted to go into logistics. <laughs> this is like 7th grade me. Yeah, the fucking t- fucking nerd. And it kind of like lights up that part of my brain. And so I'm really excited to see City Skylines 2, which is long overdue personally. The other thing I wanted to give a quick shout out to that I was not expecting to be into is from Capcom, which we saw in this showcase, and it's called Path of the Goddess. Ooh, yeah, girl. And it looks like a, a scary game. However, it is drop dead gorgeous. So this game shows you, you know, creepy monsters and I got a big long tongue and all these things. <laughs> but they're, they're very, like, very beautifully artistically crafted. And there's so much color and interest and depth in this world and it's not you know oh everything is in sepia so you're gonna die a lot like i feel like i could actually maybe (laughs) feel powerful in this game but also get to see all of these incredible creatures and these creations from from capcom inspired by what i'm assuming is like loosely based on japanese lore and i'm actually really anticipating seeing more of this game and trying it out myself and i did not expect that this was the biggest surprise for me personally of what i'm excited to play so i really appreciated seeing this and and i really love the style like the art style is honestly what what really sold me yeah it is really really pretty yeah it says following in the tradition of yuk's hat yeah based off of a japanese inspired world so yeah witness an epic clash between the spirit realm and mortal men as the villagers fight to cleanse the holy mountain on which they live 
Yeah, this does look really pretty. Yeah, pretty, but with like gross big tongues. You know, if you like big tongues, Ree, <laughs> that's just, I knew that, that came out, but I, I had to finish it. Uh, Liquors in Resident Evil, you might really like them. Sure, their heads Don't are nothing fall but for brains. It. Don't, she's trying to trick you. Don't do it. <laughs> Andrea, how, listen, girl wants big tongues like fuck. Listen, they are, terif- they are terrifying. They are really okay? scary. Terrifying. The other one that I really want to talk about is 33 Immortals. And this is from Thunder Lotus, who uh, are known for the banger, uh, known as Spirit Fair, oh, which I, like I can't imagine one. a single person on planet Earth who played that game and didn't absolutely love it. But this is is a little bit different, right? It's going to what I understand is like a previous genre that they're known for, which is you know the top-down action. And y'all know how much I love Hades. So I was mm-hmm. very excited when this trailer came on. But what absolutely fucking blew my mind, and honestly, there were several people in the crowd as we were watching it live that just straight up went, what? <laughs> when the the note came up on screen, like you can play co-op and we're like, oh, cool. So maybe like a few of my friends, right? And it said, with 33 people. <laughs> what a number. And we're like, oh shit. And it's like, they're so committed to that. It's in the title. <laughs> like there's, there's not like, oh, maybe it'll work and we'll, you know, pull the servers down a couple times to fix it. Like, no, it is 33 co-op immortals and absolutely like jaw dropped when I saw that. And it, looks so fun it has all the mechanics that i want and it seems like the kind of game where you can just drop in with friends maybe there's always a server going where people are constantly playing and you just pop in to say hi and run a couple missions and then pop back out i just love the the potential for community building around this game and this looked fantastic to i'm me. so glad you got to play it i'm very curious yeah yes. yeah it definitely looks like your jam your jam for sure i do also want to call out i know we have a couple other things in the xbox showcase to call out but i got to see a behind closed door presentation for Dungeons of Hinterburg. And this already spoke to me because it has a redheaded protagonist and I'm just very basic in that way. I'm like, oh, look, (laughs) she's got red hair. She's me. But I really love the kind of cel-shaded art style that this game has. And it was really cool to be able to hear more from the team about the creation of this game. And I was not prepared for how big this game is going to be Mm. for an indie team and how the depth of gameplay from this game as well. So just while we're watching the trailer here, what's really cool is that, so this is an action RPG crossed with a social simulation game. So you essentially go out and slay monsters in these dungeons and then you go back to town and you make friends with people and they give you buffs and there's like this whole like social sim aspect of the game and I'm like oh my okay I'm I'm so so into this so I'm looking at my notes here so you essentially hang out in the village at night between going out and slain and you make friends and all of the art and the biomes are inspired by Austrian alpine towns in different like real world places in Austria where the team is from. Uh, Curve Studios is the name of the team. And you talk to people and you form relationships in the game and it will unlock upgrade items or game systems. And each of the different bios in the game has about five to seven different dungeons. And you can find different magical skills like we saw in the trailer there that you can you know, have like a little mini tornado. You can throw wind. And that was just a couple of the skills that they showed. There's like a gear and upgrade system. And there are, there's nothing in the game though that's procedurally generated. It's all meant to be a designed experience, which I really like. And I think is a really smart choice to say, hey, because we're going this with 
the specific art style. And it's all inspired by these Austrian towns and Austrian like physical locations. Like let's just like keep it this really kind of designed experience. And I'm just very excited to to play this game and, and check it out. I don't know how I missed that whole social part. You mentioning that, I'm like, oh. I mean, they didn't mention it in the trailer like at uh, all. They didn't show any of it. They only showed us in this presentation behind closed doors. So me, it kind of reminds me of Cult of the Lamish, how you have that, mm, so, you know, mm. like that social similar, that aspect, that building, and then you can go out and whack shit. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. as Andrea said, it, it's a lot bigger than it seems from the trailer. Like, I think when we were in that, that session, they said it was like maybe somewhere between 20 and 25 hours to complete oh, wow. all of the dungeons. So it's beefy, right? Like, there's a lot to this game. And I think it's a lot more than, than what meets the eye. Sweet. Yeah. It looks cool. I'm ready. Well, I do want to move on because we have to talk about the behemoth that is Starfield. But Xbox coming in with a hardware announcement, mm. which I thought was a really smart move. People have been kind of being like, hey, Xbox, you have this amazing custom controller program. Why do your consoles not have the ability to make them in colors? Like, we're going to get something different. And while they didn't announce that, they did say, hey, we hear you. You want more storage. How about a Series S with one terabyte? Ah, and it's yeah, black. Crowd goes wild. So cue the, the, you want a bigger, you go black. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you didn't see those memes everywhere on Twitter? They were all over my timeline. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> in my timeline was like, <laughs> not prepared for that. You want the big one? Get the black one. Oh and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> really? Are we all 12 here? Yes. Yes, The only we are. meme I saw was when Stein, I think Stein probably did this. He put like the black emo hair on the uh, on the console and he was like, tonight will be the night that I will fall for you. But he like spelled it all funny like that. That was the oh only meme God. I saw. I didn't see that one. Oh, oh well, you know. Ugh. Shout out to Okadrian, who was the first one that made that joke in my timeline. And then, of course, other people fell in line. Yes, yeah, so it's coming. It's three forty nine, so it's a little bit more expensive than the Series S, or excuse me, the original Series S, which is five hundred gigabytes. But I think to get double the internal hard drive space for just fifty bucks more is a is a great option for people who don't already have a Series S, or if you need like another one. What I thought was really interesting, just talking about the Series S, is that several of the heads of studios that we saw in some of these behind closed doors presentations said that they play their games on a Series S and not the Series X in their homes. What? And I was Including like, huh. fucking Todd Howard playing Starfield on his Series S. <laughs> like, yes, he's like, huh. I played mostly just on my Series S. He's like, it looks great. I'm like, wow. That's yeah. really surprising to me. I mean, just a quick yes. aside, I was playing Street Fighter Six on a Series S and man, I don't know if that was fixed with a patch or whatever, but like that looked real not good. So I don't know. I don't know. That's very surprising yeah. to me. It okay. was all in Microsoft first party people who yeah. are designing their games specifically for Xbox hardware. So yeah, that, that makes th sense. Third party, I can't speak for. Yeah. Um, oh. You know, that's a, a, diff a different beast, but I just wanted to call that out. So do we talk about Starfield now? That whopper of a trailer in the direct? Yeah. Do, do, we, need, do we need a second to, to read first? To yeah. Remember yeah. All yeah. Of let's the take, things they pulled let's take us a with. quick break. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about sandwiches, everybody. Stick with us. We'll be right back. everybody to the what's good games podcast normally this would be like it's hands-on time but no it's starfield time bitches let's do this thing hey. Yay. 
there we go. (laughs) I'm sorry, everybody that has to experience that, but I mean, it it needed it. So we knew a Starfield Direct was coming. We didn't anticipate, or at least I didn't anticipate XX being like, here's a Starfield trailer in the main showcase, even though you're getting a dedicated Direct immediately following the showcase. That was cheeky of you, Xbox. But the Starfield Direct was like 40 minutes long, and boy, oh boy, they, they just be like... And here's a feature, and here's a feature, and here's a feature, and here's a feature. And I was like, wait a minute, there's too, ma- there's too many features. There's literally everything in this game. But it looks bonkers. It looks amazing. So they started the trailer or the direct out talking about character creation and abilities. And I love that because this is always a big thing people ask about in these open world RPGs. And I couldn't believe that they're doing 40 base characters to choose from in the character Ooh. creator. I was like... I was like, wait, how, how many? How many are you doing? 40? That's wild. Ooh. Also, I had to dip out for the presentation. So I'm going to be asking a lot of questions because I know you watched it and Rhea saw your tweet that you said that your opinions on Starfield had changed after. So I'm oh, here yes. to grill y'all on your Oh, shit. Okay, so well, before we get into it, what was your opinion before so we know how it changed? <laughs> um, I, I didn't give a shit. Uh, was not you were like, not for interested. me? No. It, it, okay. And I'm not a huge Bethesda game fan, right? So I wasn't expecting to be, you know, lit up with joy around Starfield, which is fine. I love seeing other people like Kimberly get super excited about it. And I I applaud that fandom. But yeah, I just didn't have any interest in talking to six people in space and like (laughs) gathering things on a couple planets. Just six people in space. Hey, I don't know. That's all I saw at that point. But Oh boy, did we see more? <laughs> and, oh yes. Uh, clearly, that has changed my mind because I this is now towards the top of my most anticipated list for hey, the summer. So that's exciting. Yeah, job well done. I think they showed a lot, but it's definitely something for everyone. And it, I saw what I needed to see to be on board. And I, I think honestly, this game allows a player to play however they want. They can engage with some parts of it and not with others. But the biggest thing for me is that I won't feel like I'm missing out. Do you know what I mean? Like there's some games where you can choose to engage with just part of it, like say Cult of the Lamb, for instance, where you're just focusing on your your weird ass little followers and trying to make them <laughs> not eat poop anymore. But you do still have to do the dungeon, so you don't feel like you're missing anything because this one part is, you know, the one you want to focus more time on. With this game, I do get concerned with games like it that if I'm only, you know, collecting sandwiches across the galaxy, that I'm missing out on the Rolodex of alien species or, you know, exploring all of the different planets or creating like the the best bomb base that I could possibly make. But because there is just such an, an overwhelming wealth of things to do, I'm not going to feel like I could do them all. So I don't feel like I'm missing out if I choose to to pass on a few ah. things. And so I, I don't have that completionist itch where, you know, in Assassin's Creed, I see too many fucking icons on my map to go explore and, you know, things to collect. I, I feel like, oh, OK, I can just pass on a few different game mechanics and I won't be, you know, uh, having a lesser experience for that. So, so I'm on board. Rhea, I remember when you and I were talking about Starfield a while ago, you said that you were afraid of feeling like alone. Right? Yeah. Was that this was the game? So I'm assuming what you saw during this trailer showed a lot of people, maybe some towns or cities or something that made it feel like there was going to be a lot more interaction. 
Absolutely. And they showed us like some fun areas, like here's where all the people go to have this fancy dinner parties. And, you know, you could <laughs> board ships and kill everybody there and take it and oh. make your own little armada and then go hire crew to run all of those ships, which is probably what I'm going to do because <laughs> I absolutely want to be a pirate now. <laughs> so it, it definitely feels like there's more life in this universe than what I've seen before. Oh. And I needed to see that because truth, truthfully, it would have been still at the, the bottom of my must play list. And I would have felt like I was playing it out of obligation. But there's just so many more things to engage with now. What? And it does look like a populated world and less like a desolate universe with nothing but space in it. Wonderful. Yeah, it definitely is, feels like a big difference from No Man's Sky in that sense. I mean, people are being like, oh, this just looks like, you know, a much more fleshed out No Man's Sky. And I'm like, you mean it just looks like a Fallout or an Elder Scrolls game? You mean from Bethesda Game Studios? And to me, like, that was such a reductive comparison because what, you know, Hello Games is doing with No Man's Sky is so different than what Bethesda is doing with this title. And to me, this definitely just feels like the next evolution of what Bethesda as a studio has already created in their library or their portfolio of work. To me, like I instantly recognize a lot of game systems from Fallout, but also they are doing so much lift in this space setting to make it so unique just from a space exploration standpoint. I love also, I want to call out in the direct how they interspliced stories from team members about specific gameplay mechanics from how they design ships to what they collect to the kind of character they play in the narrative. I just thought that was such a smart way of storytelling in this direct versus just being like, here's a mechanic, here's a mechanic, here's a mechanic. They're like, mm -hmm. let's personalize this with the team and say like, this is why this mechanic is exciting for these particular team members. And mm. I thought that that was a really cool way to tell their story. What's up with the sandwiches? I saw sandwich memes. <laughs> okay, so let me see if I can find that moment in the trailer. So what they were saying is that you can, in your ship, you have a hold mm -hmm. and you can essentially collect things and just store collectible things in your ship. Excellent. And this one developer apparently likes to collect sandwiches. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it just became like kind of like the meme of the direct. She uh, just this is lo the, loved taking the, all the sandwiches from the ship she was raiding and, you know, making sure she had her little collection <laughs> to remember them by. And she also talked about how she designs her ships to look like animals. So this is the platypus ship that she created. Oh, my God. Because you can fully customize how your ship looks. And like there's like a little weird mech ship. And this was a funny moment in the audience with people laughing as this ship is like trying to take off optimist? and it looks it is. yeah it looks like a giant Gundam right it's just so silly looking um, <laughs> but it was a really fun moment I just love how she was just like hey like this is my this is my experience in Starfield and why you know it feels like such a personalized game and how everybody's story in Starfield is different and how you can essentially do whatever what you want you. and mm -hmm. you don't have to do you don't have to check all the boxes you can essentially do some of the game and then not ever see other parts of the game if you don't want to. I agree with just saying. Yeah, and here in IGN it says ships can be obtained in a variety of ways, including simply purchasing them as any upstanding citizen would or by stealing them, like Reese said, if you want to get your hands a little dirty. Once obtained, you can actually pilot it and travel it to your next destination as opposed to simply pressing a button to fast travel to a planet, which you can actually do as well. 
oh, that's fucking cool. And then it goes on to talk about uh, ship battles and whatnot. That's awesome. I love that that exists. And I love that you can build your own or you can just buy them because it reminds me of in uh, Tears of the Kingdom when people are building these huge, huge extravagant <laughs> things. And I'm like, I respect that, but I do not have the patience for that. I do want to talk about like some of the other cool features that they mentioned in this game. So... I mean, the character creation is one thing. Ship customization and crew management, obviously companions are back in this game. You know, Bethesda has companions in pretty much all their games. And so you can meet and recruit people to be on your ship and be there and be part of your crew. You can customize the interior of your ship. You can customize the exterior of your ship. Uh Uh, Ship combat. Is it pretty in-depth, the customization? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. It's I know where Andrea's hours are going. That's, yeah, that's what I was asking. I'm like, is it like... I mean, they showed... Uh, you can, like, change the paint in so many different ways, and you can do the paint on all of these individual pieces. I'm like, listen, y'all, I don't have just, like, 20, 30 hours just to customize my ship paint. Well, you'll but make you it. Will. Oh. You that's what I'm saying. We know you will. It's okay. That's the beauty I of know. this game. It's just there's just so there's just so much in the game. I mean, there's romances. Ooh, there's that piracy. was one of our questions. I think there, romances. yeah. There's a also yeah. was it the the Rolo, the Rolodex of the aliens? You can go start cataloging all of the flora and fauna on all the different planets. And I think right at the end of this, they showed a moment where you can sort of like walk through a, a number of enemies and then use an alien power if you. You have logged enough information on this alien species. You can start using their powers, Ooh, which I'm like, that's okay, cool. wait a minute. I can be a wizard pirate. Like this is it's there's a lot here. That's in, that's really cool because that would encourage you because I'm usually not someone who cares enough to fill out my little codex of info. But if there's a perk like that to do it and I imagine because I saw the other buzzword of a thousand planets or was that? Yes, the right? they yeah. confirmed there's over a thousand planets to explore. I'm just like, how? I remember, I think when we first announced like the the kind of like the pullback of how big it is, I had like a freak out moment where I was like, why, Todd? Why? I ain't got time to go to all of these planets. I got a life and a baby and other games I'm supposed to play. <laughs> but you don't Basically, have to do like you never stop playing this game. It's like you just play this game forever for never, infinity. Ah. Yeah. I yeah. want someone, if you work at Xbox, because listen, I love the, how in the, the Bethesda games you can have them say your name, right? You can be like, oh, my name is so-and-so. Then everyone, your little robot friend, will be like, hello, Captain Howard. Someone needs to put in Brombacher. I know there's like only four <laughs> of us. but my, I, I guess I'm a, the you know sandwiches. I mean? Oh, here oh, we go. Here's the sandwiches. the sandwiches. Oh, wow. Those are some big sandwiches. They look but, good, too. But you can do that if you want. Wow. Okay. So what about the, I'm just hitting all you with this, the the uh, progression is like the leveling up and the experience points and all that kind of shit. Because I feel like that's always such a huge staple of these games. Oh, yeah. So the like a, any Bethesda RPG in the beginning of the game, you can pick your kind of starting progression. So let me see if I can find the character customization. Because that was something, you know, they kind of really started with out the gate to be like, you know, choosing your backstory is going to have, you know, a significant impact on how players or other NPCs that you encounter throughout the world are going to react mm-hmm. to you. I think so, the funniest one was you could choose to be famous and then you have an adoring fan that always comes and finds you. <laughs> oh, man. Which is a call out to like previous Bethesda games. 
which was super funny. Like it's like a like a known th- a thing that they're known there for. But... The backgrounds give you a little backstory along with three skills. For example, the explorer starts with the skills lasers, astrodynamics, and surveying. Some others include beast hunter, bouncer, chef, cyber runner, gangster, pilgrim, and ronin. And if you can choose three more traits to further customize your character, they come with advantages and disadvantages. One of these includes hero warshipped, which will cause again an enduring fan to show up randomly and jabber at you. However, they can join your ship's crew and give you gifts. <laughs> I okay. just yeah it's so this is a look at the character creator so the adoring fan is from Elder Scrolls okay it's from uh, Oblivion I believe and I it's it's just kind of like a funny call out wow. to like bring this character back but yeah so it's the most extensive character creator they've ever made and there's a lot of ways to change the way that your character looks and then of course the traits that you get started with like for example if you if you have a backstory that makes you part of a specific religion, then you can potentially get out of conflicts when you come across that faction, like that pirate faction, like in the world. Oh. But if you're not, you know, then they may attack you when you wouldn't necessarily have gotten attacked otherwise. Oh, interesting. Okay. And it looks like there's five skill categories, physical, social, combat, science, and tech. Oh, I love that. And I'm assuming like, you know, you buff your skills by doing that action, like lock picking and whatnot. Yes. Oh my God. I'm getting so much more excited because I was kind of like re before. All I had really seen was the the more of the lonely sort of video and gameplay we saw where you're traversing around like what's like a very like gray or brown planet. But like seeing all these colors in the these settlements in the city and hear about the progression in the ships. Oh my god! Like I'm getting a little hot and bothered, ladies. A little mm. hot and bothered. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's just there. Yeah, <laughs> here <laughs> he is, <laughs> the adoring fan. Oh lord! But yeah, it's it's a really really jam packed game that clearly has a ton of systems that are going to be awesome. And it's funny, I turned, I turned to Danny Pena who was sitting with us in the theater, and I said, even though this game looks ridiculous and is going to be ridiculous i said zelda is still gonna sweep all the awards this year he was like no no way i go "Mm -hmm. you just wait you just wait you just watch i feel a bet coming on oh Oh. let's do it i mean i mean tell me i'm wrong i think i I don't know that's what i thought i don't know (laughs) okay well i think this game looks bonkers i think sweep might be a little bit of an exaggeration. I still think Zelda will come out on top, but I think you're going to see a little bit more discourse between this and that. We still got Spider-Man. We still but I don't... Uh, Pikmin. <laughs> I mean, we have Diablo, which we're Diablo. all playing. It is amazing. And we all wish we were playing right now instead of recording the podcast, yeah, but we're recording the happened. podcast. <laughs> Did. We're almost like, almost no, no episode this week canceled we're just gonna go play Diablo there's just so much amazing things happening in RPGs right now and this game looks great I do want to kind of end our Starfield section talking about the controversy around this 30 frames per second you conversation you fools can we just yes. talk about the cool hardware instead because that's yes. that's yeah. more fun yeah. it's <laughs> just it's just exhausting if you thought that this game was going to be in 60 frames per second you're delusional you don't know anything just delusional and like this game just can't it can't be you but, can't but have a hundred sandwiches in your hold at 60 frames per second it's but just, there's nothing wrong with 30 frames per second either i don't Thank know why you. everyone no. thinks that 30 fps means a bad game most of your games you. your entire life have been at 30 fps so quit your bitching and enjoy a goddamn impressive game yes snaps snaps you tell them brit okay <laughs> yes hardware 
It looked fucking cool. I want there you go. <laughs> Let me find the thing. Oh there's my gosh. a couple things of hardware. So when you say hardware, like lay it on me. Like what? So there's the collector's item, which okay. is a, a watch, which is the same as the watch that your character gets to navigate the stars in Ooh. the game. But it's practical, right? It actually tells the time, which, you oh. know, most watches probably do. Wait, it doesn't but, transport me to the stores throughout a 10 game. Future update. Keep your eyes locked. <laughs> but it also <laughs> pairs with your phone and can show your messages and you know who knows what else will end up in there like like it's it's a pretty comprehensive piece of tech and it looks good right it doesn't look like some corny thing that somebody would like ridicule you for on the streets like it looks like a really really nice timepiece and i think that was a brilliant tie-in in addition to that, it comes in this case that looks like one of the cases from the game. So once again, really Ooh. bringing the, the art and the assets from the game to life, which is so, so cool. And um, part of uh, the direct, they also said that part of the art style and everything that they use in the game to create the assets was inspired by NASA in, in part. And so it looks like a practical thing. Like it has the type of lock you would see on some sort of container it's, that you would use for spacecraft. Like it, it, yeah, it's they really said that samples. Detailed. It's what the astronauts use to bring back samples from space. That's yeah. Cool. So I just love the attention to detail, right? And, and really get you into into the game. Get in the game. Uh, get you really sports. into the game. In addition to that, they have another Xbox and a control, another Xbox controller. And this time, it, it yeah. also pairs with a headset. And we haven't seen custom headsets in the stable of customizable things as often as we do these custom controllers. And I can't give details because, uh, you know, I, I don't have the permission to. But I do know that there's a lot more to that headset than just co- cosmetics. So I think it's really, really cool how they've thought completely about having this experience in your hands on your head and on your wrist and really That's making you feel like you're a part of this game in this world and there's a lot of attention to detail and care put into these accessories more so than than others that i've seen and it's just really fine and impressive plus it's just beautifully constructed like it's yes. really good design yeah the colors are real pretty yay starfield well, i'm very excited yay. let's go october ah. Isn't it September 6th? I was just Googling that to make sure. Well, it starts oh, yes. in yep. August with Baldur's Gate, no? No, you're right. The release date is in September. <sighs> That's correct. Yes. <laughs> I think I was just like willing so it to be to, to be in October, yeah. but it's not. Yeah. Too much to play. Too much to play. <laughs> so anything else about Starfield that you want to cover? Or should we move into our hands-on? September 6th, to be clear, is the official date. We should move on because we still got two more showcases to get through. Oh my goodness. Ooh. Let's keep going. So I think we can probably speed through a lot of what's happening with Ubisoft because most of what is there, I think, isn't speaking to us as players or is just a couple highlights. So, of course, Assassin's Creed was there. They showcased as we expected them to, the Nexus VR title. I am going to reserve judgment because they showed a rendering trailer. They did not show us gameplay or what the gameplay is actually going to look like. They showed us an artist render, and that always is like a red flag to me of like, this is basically like a cinematic trailer. We don't know how that game is actually going to play or look. But Mm. if they can deliver on the promise of feeling like you're an assassin, that seems super dope. Do I want to do a leap of faith in VR? Nope. Also, nope. <laughs> dope, but nope. I could Sounds barely dope, like, nope. hang on but to nope. that fucking ledge and oh. <laughs> the horizon one that I played. Yeah, I'm like, nah. That sounds like a hurl factory. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll just I'll probably pass on that one. 
We did get to see a look at Jade, Assassin's Creed Jade, codename Jade, I should say. This is going to be a mobile first title, which I think is something that people didn't anticipate. And, you know, when you hear it's mobile first, people always are like, eh, it's mobile. Yeah. But I love that it's being made by Level Infinite. It's coming to iOS and it's going to go into a public testing phase very soon. It's set between Odyssey and Origins and it focuses on the Jind dynasty and mm. two different combat trees, which I think is interesting. So there's going to be a preview later this year. So I'll just kind of reserve thoughts on that because obviously like the big game to see is Mirage. There are... Yeah. Their big game that's coming this fall, October 13th, I believe is the date for that. I had and 12th, but I could be wrong. 12th? Look at me just getting all my dates wrong in my notes. Um, and it's only because there's like 500 games coming out this fall now. Like it's, <laughs> I could also yes, be wrong. Yes, but I, sh- I, should, I should make sure that my dates are right. Uh, that's so why you got re. I got to see a pretty lengthy behind closed doors presentation okay. for Assassin's Creed. And re, you were there too, yes? Yes. Um, yes. And it is October 12th. Okay, Perfect. So we've talked already, and so I don't want want to like go over too much what we've already said. It's a return to some of the franchise roots. They're bringing back some core gameplay tenets. They're bringing back some classic tools. For me, the big wow moment of this gameplay reveal that we got to see during the Ubisoft Forward, and let me pull up the trailer because it's cool, was this new Assassin's Focus ability that they showed off, which essentially makes you like slow down time and move with like super speed, which was super, super cool. And I think that that adds like a really fun element to the gameplay of Assassin's Creed and something that's different. But overall, this to me just kind of seemed like more of the same that we've been getting. But what they are doing that's different this time around is that they're really bringing the scope of the game in meaning you're not going to have this massive sprawling experience that we got in Valhalla or that we got in Odyssey where it felt like it was almost too much too much content I think that's great and that's actually the reason I'm really excited for this I think I just know myself well enough to know at this point those huge ass Ubisoft open worlds they're just unfortunately not for me I love the main narrative beats and the characters but I always get so distracted and it becomes too much it all gets diluted and then I lose focus but like this, I'm like, okay, maybe this will give me a air quotes here chance to check out a true authentic Assassin's Creed game, if that makes any sense. Yeah, we'll absolutely. See. I think that people like me who've played every single game in the franchise are absolutely going to love what they're doing with bringing some of the like kind of classic Assassin's Creed feel in. They talked a little bit about their design of Baghdad. They're, they compared it to the size of Paris or Constantinople and how like you're going to get this massive, sprawling, dense city with a lot of verticality. We just saw the Assassin's Focus there in the gameplay we're showing at, on YouTube. But it feels more like a true like an older Assassin's Creed in the sense that you're just moving around one city. You're not doing all of this like open world traversal across many different cities Mm -hmm. in many different areas, which I think hardcore fans are like, please, I just don't need all these RPG open world mechanics. Bring me back just the Assassin's Creed that I love. Yeah, sweet. And it looks like we're getting that, but I didn't get a chance to play it, which was a bummer for me. I wanted to play, but they did not have a hands-on build, but I fully anticipate Ubisoft inviting us to check out the game before launch later this year. If not, we're coming for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's so threatening. (laughs) Ree, what else from the Ubisoft forward stood out to you? (laughs) Prince of Persia. Yes, let's go. Oh my gosh. So the Lost Crown from Ubimont Pillier, or Pillier, coming January 18th. 
So we have a bit of a wait ahead of us, but it's following the story of Sargon and the Immortals. So it's not a Prince of Persia that we're playing as. It's where uh, the Prince of Persia we're going to try and rescue. He's been kidnapped. Oh. So this is a, I don't know why people have beef with this. It's a, it's a side-scrolling game. Like it's a two and five D like chill out. Like it's a, that's a game type, everybody. Uh, hello, Ori. And it's fantastic. It's going to be available on uh, PC and switch at 60 frames per second. So, you know, cool your tits. And I, I really love the idea of, you know, going to a, a Prince of Persia game style that just feels different. I don't know why I keep channeling like the, like the Lion King and like the Aladdin games where I, I want it. You know, it feels nostalgic to me, even though this is a new game and a new title. But ah. it's just a, like a really cool, fresh new take on this game genre that I haven't played in a while. And I'm just really, really excited for, for it to come out. And it just looks so fun and bright. And it's got a lot of character and personality. There's tons of characters to meet and new mechanics to play around with and still got, has that St. Prince of Persia action feel. So really excited for this one. Well, what's irritating about all of this is that Prince of Persia is a platform game. You yeah. Know? Like that's, <laughs> that's what it is, you know? And like for people being like, like, oh, I wanted like a 3D. It's like, well, nah, dog. Like, the, the, you have Assassin's take- Creed. <laughs> yeah. Because the series sort of lost its way when it deviated from its origins. And I think it coming back to platforming is awesome. And the abilities that they showed are super cool. It looks like the movement, it's going to be really fun. And the I love the art style. And 2.5D as a... As as a graphic style for platformer to me always looks so cool and I love the attention to detail and the backgrounds. I just don't know what's to be upset about with this game. It looks really cool. Okay, actually, I'm, I'm just too excited about Prince of Persia. I want to talk about my hands on right now. Yeah. So I'm not going to wait. So as I said, this is the 2.5D game, but it's not full price. It's $49.99 and it's, again, PC Switch, 60 frames per second, and you you mm-hmm. get what you pay for. Like you, you're gonna get what you're looking for out of this game. It, it's gonna be heavily focused on a map and exploration. So you're winding your way through different paths across this area, this fantasy version of Baghdad, and it, you're finding unexplored spots. You're you're collecting different power up currency. You're like looking for hidden hidden clues for things around the the little map overworld. You find different characters in there that can help you upgrade weapons so there's like this um blacksmith character who's like a god who ended up staying behind on on the planet when some of the gods were were ousted or disappeared like there's there's just a lot of depth to to what you're doing in the world but what i really really enjoyed was the fighting so it's centered around this mechanic where you actually shift forward or backwards in time Uh and the the way it works is you press uh, a button uh, depending on what system you're on and you freeze your body in that space it can be on the ground it could be midair it could be mid move whatever you're during at that very moment it freezes you and then once you hit the button again at any point in time after that it will morph you back now of course if you screen wipe like you move to another area you're going to lose that save point but it makes the fighting mechanic so much more interesting and versatile and you have you know of course uh, 
heavy and light attacks that move side to side, up and down, things like that. But when you pair it with this this time shift mechanic, it, it really starts to come to life how you can begin building your combos around enemies and especially around bosses. And it's just so interesting. And the parry is honestly OP. I, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they dial it back a little bit. And the, the build that I was playing on was made for you know hands-on and a show floor. So they probably gave us a bit of an easier time. <laughs> I'm guessing that we had more health than we're supposed to, or at least took less damage than, than normal. But it, it's it's just so, so responsive. It feels good. You feel strong. You feel creative. It All of the traversal mechanics also tie into what you can do with this time shift and, and the different movesets that you, you have. And I'm sure you'd see later in the game that you upgrade some of those movesets and get additional powers. You also have this system um, on your amulet. So this is actually the neck piece that you see Sargon wearing in the game where you can put different, different pieces on your neck piece. The amulets give you different powers. So some of them might be like your parry gives you additional damage or you you know move faster when you f- after a freeze and recalling yourself to your previous save point and it, it again it's just the 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 versatility of it and the way you can really customize it to your own playstyle like there's just so much to this game i keep thinking about it like ori like it, it just feels like there's even more to unlock than what we saw in the hands on and I, i'm so so excited to play when it comes out in January. It's so pretty. I was even kind of marveling at the sense of scale, like that big old snake that we saw. I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. It's just, it's gorgeous. It is. It is. And there's just so much fun, right? And it's like colorful and lively. The dialogue is cute. You have this this team of immortals that that you're, you know, fighting alongside who as soon as you get to this this first area that we played, they ditch you. They're like, oh, because you're the youngest member. So they're like, I'm going to go figure this out. I'm going to go save the prince. And they just leave you. (laughs) And you're like, oh, sure. Well, I guess I got to find my way through this this temple that's corrupted and falling apart. And and it's just really interesting that the way they they put this together, it, it it feels fresh, but it also feels like what I wanted out of a, a classic 2.5 game and also a classic Prince of Persia. So it's just, I can't say enough good things about it. Um, this is at the very top of my anticipated list for next year. Ooh. I mean, it looks super cool. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Very fun. And I don't know how long it is. So <laughs> we'll see if it's another 20 hours or if it's more like eight. But my guess is it's closer to 20 based on what I saw. And boss fights are super inventive and really creative. They're, there's different, you know, mystical characters that you... There's just so much in this game. Like, it's so much more than just, oh, just the 2.5D. Like, like you're wrong. It's more than that. <laughs> much, wrong. much more than that. But yeah, it looked super cool. And I'm glad that they gave us a deep dive. I really did appreciate that about the Ubisoft Forward event that they were like, here's a cool trailer. Now let's talk about gameplay. Or here's like a cool new thing we're announcing about this game. Let's see a little bit more gameplay and one of the big surprises to me because we hadn't really seen much but we did ask the eight ball about it was avatar frontiers Uh. of pandora take another shot everybody that is also underneath disney games and my husband chad drake but y'all i've already told you i'm a big fan of avatar oh yeah you know People love to hate Avatar because James Cameron is so wildly successful, but ticket sales don't lie, y'all. And this gameplay trailer looks really cool, but the behind closed door stuff I saw really had me excited. So let me pull up the trailer so we can take a look at it. And then I'll let you know some additional details I got. Dee Deanfeld, who is one of the leads at mm. Ubisoft who was working on this game, Great who name. narrated this trailer. Yes, a-, a lot of the comparisons that people were making with Avatar Frontiers of Pandora was it's just Avatar Far Cry. And sure. I was like, I yeah, 
That's not a yeah, bad thing. Exactly. Why is it yeah, like okay? And <laughs> that was kind of like my question. Go like, on. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the kind of backstory that we're getting here is that you play as a Navi, so you don't play as an avatar. And your Navi was abducted as a child by the RDA, the kind of military big bad in the movie franchise. And they were trying to turn you against the other Navi. And instead of them being able to kind of carry out their mission of, you know, brainwashing you and training you in their gun-toting ways. The Battle of the Hallelujah Mountains, which is the end sequence of the first film, happens, and then your character gets put into quiet sleep to kind of save you and prevent you from dying in that battle. And then you wake up 15 years later, and you're like, where am I? You know, what's going on? And then you try to essentially, like, reconnect with the planet and reconnect with the tribes after being isolated and you're kind of looked at as this outsider. And so the whole journey your character goes on is this reconnection to these different <laughs> tribes of Navi. <laughs> I hate that thing. What is that? <laughs> it's the tail. No, uh, it, so no, there's a, there's a name for it. Let me see. I think I wrote it down. The it's connection. Like a, it's like a ponytail <laughs> dick. <or something. laughs> oh my God. No, it's not. Why? No, it's a ponytail Why, dick. Though? You're right. Absolutely. It has like a sheath around it. And like these like little, <laughs> and they're all squelchy sounding. It's like, <laughs> oh my Okay. It's fucking okay. disgusting. It literally okay. makes me nauseous. Was Can you imagine? Absolutely for the kids. God, oh. I'm sorry. Like, I can't. I wish I would have known that was coming. I would have looked away. Now I'm completely <laughs> thrown off. Well, just look at the beautiful creatures that are flying All I can in the see sky. Are the fluorescent little dick tendrils, Andrea. I can't see anything else. <laughs> Brittany. God, I'm sorry. It's disgusting. That was a terrible creative choice. Whoever thought that would be a oh good God. idea? They're committed. A demotion. Committed. And that's James Cameron. I'm going to say that's it. That's James sir. Cameron. Okay, it's listen, James Cameron's I'm fault. I'm not going to deny his brilliance, but that is fucking weird. It's fine. I'm done. I'm over it. Thank you. <laughs> Fuck it. Why? I'm very upset. Perfect. We're very and upset. And there's a sheep Perfect. Um, you know what? Actually, I was thinking before that whole thing happened. Uh-huh. Um, so sort of, I was getting, when I was watching it, you mentioned Far Cry. I'm like, yes, that's a very, like, that's a good comparison. But I was also getting kind of like Horizon vibes in a sense. Mm. Yes. I mean, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a big part of that, particularly for what they revealed about the being able to ride the the Banshees, the Ikran in the game I think what's really cool about that is that it reminded me of Horizon and how you can explore the open world on, you know, the backs of the Glinthawks in the game. And in here, you get to do that, you know, on your Banshee. And there's this whole gameplay section where you get to go to a rookery and you get to like kind of pick your, you know, your Ikran, this lifelong bond that you get. And then you get to customize. There's all kinds of customization you can do custom armor and you can pick the color and there's all these. I was like, yes, fashion show for my winged friend. Let's go. So I, I'm super excited about that. I'm super excited to check out the air combat while you're on your Banshee also looked really cool. Like kind of being able to attack some of these RDA like military choppers while you're riding your Banshee seems like it's going to be super fun. There's a crafting system where you have to pay special attention to how you pick resources from the world because what they wanted to do is really embody some of the Navi ways that the film set up. So for example, they mentioned in the crafting system, it's more of a quality over quantity approach, Mm -hmm. meaning you can get penalized if you take more than you need and if you don't harvest the crafting materials in the way that they're meant to be harvested like if you harm the plant if you're trying to take a specific kind of seed pod you can actually 
get more resources if you do it like in the Navi way versus just being like, give me all the things quickly. And like, I think that that's an interesting mechanic and it adds like a different layer versus just like, let me just select all the things fast. Hmm. And I kind of am interested to see how that's actually going to play out, if it's going to be cool or if it's going to be super annoying. <laughs> right. That was my thought. Um, Does it take longer to harvest it a certain way? And if so, like, dang, that could be annoying. Um, oh, yeah. God damn it. Sorry, there was again. Um, <laughs> Did being, you look at it again? God, I didn't know it was coming. Oh, my God. Uh, oh. I was going to ask you, and I was going to say, God, uh, the co-op. I wasn't expecting this game to have any yeah, online co-op. Yeah, two-player co-op. Hell yeah. That's fucking awesome. I mean, I guess it makes sense. It is Ubisoft, Far Cry, et cetera, et cetera. But... I don't know. I wasn't expecting it. I think that's really cool. Really, really cool system. Yeah, we didn't get to see how any of the uh, the co-op is going to work together. But I mean, I imagine it's going to be very similar to how Far Cry does their yeah. two-player co-op. We don't really know if that's going to be the case. But I love this idea of them kind of combining the Navi weapons and also the RDA weapons. So you can choose to use more of the military's weapons or you can choose to use like these badass bows and spears and other things that are from the Navi tribes. And I'm really interested to see kind of how you can progress through the skill tree because they have a skill tree system that's connected to the sacred tree, which we learn about in the movies as well. And we didn't get to see the skill tree or what's going to entail because, you know, this is just the first kind of gameplay overview we're getting. But we did get a release date of December 7th, which is happening later this year, which is very exciting. And I'm just ready. I'm excited to see it. And I know that there's people who are kind of poo-pooing the way this game looks, but I think the game looks great. And if you are expecting this game to look like the movie, then you're just deluding yourself. Like video games aren't there yet. James Cameron spent like an obscene amount of time perfecting the animation of this movie, which is why it sold $3 billion for the ticket sales. He literally Um, invented a new way of making film. Like what are you trying, what? (laughs) So like, that's like you're, that's an impossible standard that you're trying to hold any dev team to. Even the people who are doing the most ridiculous animation, like the folks over at Turn 10 and Forza and all the amazing, you know, ray tracing shit that they're doing there. Like annoying. I feel like people forget yeah. that they're so focused on how a game looks or how a game runs and yes to an extent that is important I get it but like don't forget like to see video games for what they are which are these beautiful works of art and there's so much more creative juice that goes into it just besides the fucking game looks I'm just sick of these I mean look stupid- at Zelda it's got a near perfect rating and people aren't complaining about That's the way that I'm game saying. looks yeah, look at that game runs look how it <laughs> chugs like look at the but yeah it's perfect video game it's the best thing of all time yes it's fantastic but hold the same other games to the same freaking standards you cowards yeah, you anyway, tell Brittany. I think Avatar actually looks really fun. As someone who has, I think I saw the first movie once in theaters and I remember nothing about it. You know, I Same. hope this is easy oh. for me to pick up and play because when you're chatting, I'm like the, all these big words like going over my head. I'm like, I don't know what the tree is or what the banshee thing, whatever. But as long as like I can pick it up and play and not feel like I have to be an Avatar nerd. I mean, I'm going to play it regardless, but I hope they... I hope they address that. You know what I mean? Give me some I'm lore. positive they will. I don't see why they would want to make it exclusionary in that way. I think that they'll absolutely just set it up as like any other fantasy world and, and give you lots of narrative help along the way. But Brittany, if you want to watch Avatar, you just let me know. You just got to let me know when those little tendrils of death come out and I'll just look away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they bother me. They, anyway, we don't need to go into it. Okay, so there's more, but... Rihanna, do you have anything else you want to talk about before I talk about Outlaws? 
I want to talk about X Defiant. Really? Okay, yeah, let's do yeah. it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So we got a few more details about what's going on with X Defiant. Not a ton, but enough to make me excited. So they did a quick recap and they said that that closed beta test that, that we participated in, they had over 1.5 million folks jumping in there Ooh. and got tons of feedback and data and they are hard at work applying it. So that's fantastic. That's really good to hear. They're going to do an open beta. This is June 21st to 23rd. So it's really short, but this is a stress test. They just want to see, you know, how much load it can take and what they need to do to shore up their servers. I appreciate when a free-to-play mm-hmm. multiplayer game does that ahead of launch. Um, but they did say launching later this summer. So technically, oh. summer starts. Well, it started, but it ends in September. Technically. Oh. So that's our deadline. So we're Another getting this game. soon. Another, Another game. game to add to the list. Fucking September, October. So are there <laughs> any other announcements that came along with it? Yeah, so they have um, new netcode and controller tuning in that open uh, beta. There's a six-week preseason that they're planning on releasing that has all the launch content, so the five factions that we saw, five game modes, uh, 14 maps, 24 weapons. And in the first year, uh, they have an entire content plan already mapped out. So they have four new factions coming, so I'm guessing Assassins is somewhere in there, Andrea. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. They have 12 new weapons, 12 new maps. Their plan is to release one every month. And those are all going to be, of course, inspired by Ubisoft game IP. So we're probably going to see some more worlds. Who knows? Maybe there's some Avatar stuff in there coming down the line. Ooh. So it's very exciting. It's exciting to see them excited about it and prepared for it. They have a plan. They have a train track in front of them. Now they have, all they have to do is execute. And I'm really looking forward to getting more time with this game. It was a blast to play it and we only got a little bit of experience with all of the the creativity that they're going to put into it because we saw some cameos from I think it was Ray what's the Ray Bieber the little cartoon character that was Rayman Rayman yes I think think that's right (laughs) there were little little uh, cameos in the training grounds and of course we saw factions from all the different games that we like like Far Cry and the, the Ghost Recon series so I'm just really excited to see more from this one because it was fun to play and it also had a lot of really cool UB Easter eggs in it. So anticipating it uh, quite a bit. So June 21st, which is not far off, is the open beta. Hell yeah. Yeah, let's go. More shooting. play. But uh, probably not because I'm not going to be around that weekend. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, um, so they obviously talked about a bunch of other stuff, but let's just skip to to Star Wars, right? Because this, <laughs> this was like the jewel of their showcase when sadly Assassin's Creed probably should have been but I mean when you got a Star War in your t- in your show it's it's going to overtake <laughs> Another everything. Another war in the stars. Exactly. All the wars in the stars. Mm-hmm. War in the stars indeed. Um so we got to see what okay, I'm, well, I'm just going to hit you with my main question. And the main question is okay. you mentioned like you know you're going to do like crimes or heists or whatever for these certain crime syndicates. Is this game nothing but like heists or is it an actual like big ass world where you're going to do big ass shit? It's an open world game. Open it's a world big, game. It's a big, giant fucking world. Okay. It's big. And is the entire gameplay circled around doing these heists? So let me get my notes. Okay. Pull I'm pulling up. up the trailer. I have details for you. Excellent. And we can watch the gameplay while we're talking about my notes that I got in my Behind Closed Doors presentation. So Let's go. I love that they showed a lot of stuff in this trailer. Were you in the audience for the UB Ford? Yes, I was. I was there live in person. How was that? How was that? Uh, that Skull of Bones musical performance. Listen, the performance was cool. It was like I appreciated that. 
What I didn't appreciate was that they were like, let's show skull and bones on these screens behind these people. So you couldn't even see what they were. You couldn't even see like what they were doing, like what mm. was happening in the game. I was like, so you, so I'm like, you guys are intentionally just like burying the gameplay of skull and bones behind this musical performance, probably because you don't have anything new to say. And that to me is like, Yo ho, yo ho, skull and bones. Ah. We fight the pirates, we sail the ships, and we. Uh-huh. It's just like that, you know, that game. Like I'm at a point now, and I said this before. I don't want to hear any more about that game until it's like locked and ready to come out. Like they have a beta. They do. Then you know what that means? They're still figuring shit out. <laughs> Which True. is okay if the game hadn't been talked about for literally years at this point. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just kind of like, ugh, I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't know how to like keep handling it. So it's, it's, it's frustrating is what it is. It's frustrating. You got this. You can handle it. I believe in you. So find that trailer, baby girl. I believe in you. Yeah. Help the, you? I'm telling you, it shouldn't be this hard to find because I'm trying to find the official Ubisoft one and not like. Tom, Dick, and Harry on YouTube ripped the trailer and uploaded it to their channel. Oh, yeah. We don't like that. Don't rip. Okay. I found it. Good girl. Okay. Also, he's so cute. It's so cute. Give us a plushie, gosh darn it. Oh, yes. I've made that known to one uh, John Drake. Take a shot. We were talking about another Star Wars game. Um, I was like, plushie? He was like, trust me, we're talking about it. Leave me alone. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Plushie. Let's go. Okay. So. We got a presentation from Navid Kahari, who's the creative director at Massive, who was working on this game. And just as a reminder, in case you're like, who is Massive? They're most well-known for The Division, which, you know, I love. I love that game. This game looks nothing like The Division. Like, the art of this game is gorgeous. Not that The Division isn't beautiful, but it's beautiful in a very different way. Like, the style of animation in this game just looks so smooth, and I love the way it looks. And in this little gameplay section that we got to see, it definitely kind of gave me cover shooter vibes, but also a little bit of like spider bot and watchdogs. You can send your Mm. little buddy, your companion Nyx, to do a variety of items, including attacking guards, distracting guards, hitting buttons to, you know, complete actions in the world and things like that, which I think is cool. I'm interested to see kind of like what Nyx can do and if there's like an upgrade path specifically for Nyx. We didn't see that here. But what I learned about the gameplay is that because this is a scoundrel story and you're working with all of these crime syndicates, you have a reputation system. Mm. So there's one section of the gameplay trailer that we saw where it says like reputation going down with the pikes because you are essentially attacking people in on this job. So this job that Kay is on in this gameplay demo, she's sent in to collect an item and then is supposed to get out, but she clearly attacks the people here and isn't supposed to. So her reputation goes down with them, but you can choose how you are going to get in and out of these situations. And if your reputation goes up or down, which I think is going to be a really interesting gameplay component to decide, you know, like, how are you going to play this? You're going to go stealthy. You're going to go in blasters blazing. You know, how are you going to kind of carry out each of your individual missions? And how many different crime syndicates are there going to be? I like that we just get to be a scoundrel and we don't have to worry about playing a Jedi and using lightsabers. <laughs> I'm like, it's just, I just want to shoot stuff. Pew, 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 pew. Let's go. <laughs> but I loved this gameplay demo. And then it kind of moves into a narrative scene with one of Kay's contacts. And you get to see a bribe or do not bribe thing come up on screen. So you could choose to pay off 
this empire woman or you could choose not to. And each of those things you do has a narrative consequence. Like, do you pay her off and kind of keep her in your back pocket and be able to maybe like, you know, use that relationship later or do yes. you not? And then, you know, kind of deal with the consequences of what that means. And we got to see a little bit of the wanted system and how, because in the demo, they're like, not bribe. I'm taking all my credits for myself. But then, of course, she calls in her, her goons on you and you have to outrun them. And what's interesting to me is that they also showed a bunch of ship combat and flight. So your ship is called the Trailblazer. I imagine that there's going to be some customization involved in the interior of your ship or some of the things you can do, but they weren't talking about that yet. Um, this is kind of more of a high-level overview because remember, this game isn't coming out until sometime next year. Mm. And I imagine it's going to be later in the year if I had to take a guess, mm. if it doesn't get pushed at all. But there's going to be a variety of things that you can do in the world, characters you can meet, locations you can go to. And I just really love this idea that they're going to kind of balance the open world between dense cities like we're seeing here in the gameplay where you can interact with a bunch of NPCs and then the open environments which you saw when you were on your speeder kind of you know tooling around the countryside if you will and then this idea of going into space and like you're in your ship and the kind of people that you're going to interact with while you're you know in space in your ship so I'm interested to see kind of what the balance of that is going to be I'm hoping that there's not going to be a lot of ship flight in combat because I always get a little like uh, when we're um, in space because there's no horizon line when you're in space. So same with Starfield. Like I don't really want to fight people in my ship. I just want to go to and from the planets if we can just make that a thing. The animation looks amazing. They have this fantastic lead. Her name is Umberly Gonzalez. I love that they kind of picked this sassy younger female character to be this criminal that you kind of build the ranks up and you make your way through like the the syndicate power levels to see like how how powerful can k get i i, I just think it's such a smart narrative choice to go with a scoundrel story because so many people love han solo as a character but we can't tell han solo story again right like um, so they needed to make it an original character and she just like seems like such a fun character to play. I'm just, I'm pumped. I'm ready for it. Yeah, I, you know, I'm watching this and it's, I'm like, okay, well, this game is very like brown, very like earthy tone. <laughs> well, it's just because of this <laughs> location that we're on, Tashara. Right, you know, and, like, I, and I fully anticipate that. But, and so I was kind of like, okay, well, like, eh, whatever, looks like, eh. but then You'll when see you, more. That, I'm sure. And then we, when she got into the towns, I was like, okay, like, again, like, I need that story that like to really pull me into Star Wars. And so that's like, okay, well, that, you know, more colors, different, like interesting things going on. But then it's the character. I think that's going to be the main draw for me. It's. I think yeah. that's what's what it's gonna be. I also didn't see one person, and then a tweet went viral. They're like, "Are there no men left in Star Wars?" I was like, "Oh, like, oh, do we not just get Jedi Survivor like a couple months ago, which was a phenomenal Star Wars game with the white dude lead?" Anyway, we don't need to talk about that demastery anymore. Then we, then we already have. But anyway, no, I think it looks great. Rhea, are you like ready to go? Sorry, I'm going to be completely honest. I am so fucking tanked from Summer Game Fest that I am rallying right now. But Rhea, are you excited for, for this game? <laughs> Please take Because it's not coming until next year, I think I might have the energy for it, right? If if, if this was another That's one, like coming October. That's like, a really good point. No. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I can't. yeah. It looks cute. Plus, I love a little companion. You know, BB-8 is awesome. I love having a little thing that jumps on my back and helps me out. And she just oh, BB-1, you mean? Sorry. Yes. Apologies. Don't, don't get your balls. Star Wars droids wrong. The, the they'll, balls. Come, they'll come for us. 
Okay, I don't know this thief. I've only seen each one of these movies maybe like half a time. I usually fall asleep. It's it's, it's totally fine. You don't need to be worried about it at all. But, but no, yeah, it I'm pumped for this game. I want to play it. Yeah, I think we're gonna obviously not probably see more from this game for quite a while. This was a really great look, and they're probably gonna go dark for a while and just keep making the game. But I can't wait to get hands on and play this game whenever whenever it comes out. It's gonna be it's gonna be dope. It's gonna Take be fun. Take your time. Take your time, Massa. Take your time. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so that's going to do it for the Ubisoft showcase. And I mean, the other thing that happened was the Capcom showcase. Not a lot to talk about there, so it's okay. Yeah. Well, Brittany, as a former host of a Capcom showcase, I would love to get your thoughts on the Capcom showcase. Okay, just kidding. Just let's talk about Resident Evil, right? <laughs> I, I wish we could talk about Resident Evil, Andrea. That's the But it was fuck- the same trailer, right? Am I, I going crazy? I, I it was the same trailer. I was, I was so fucking looking forward to separate ways. I think they just talked about maybe there's some new pairing that you can do, and there's still no date. It it's free DLC coming to PSVR 2 and it's like yes we knew that and in my notes on here I have still no this is like my live reaction notes in our, in our show doc right here uh, still no date lol lol like and I, listen I love all my friends at Capcom but here's the thing like who this could have been an email you know what I mean? This Ooh. whole showcase oh yes you know, like, well you a, tweeted that too right? no I didn't did someone else tweet that? Oh, maybe. I uh, maybe. I could have swore I saw somebody tweet that this could have no, been an email. No, I tweeted I wanted to go to Pound Town and Capcom Town and fuck Leon Kennedy. And I said they're never hiring me again. That's what <laughs> that's I tweeted. Right. That's, that's right. What that's I right. Tweeted. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, listen, there were some announcements in here that got me excited. Uh, but it was, it's the thing of like, listen, all of us game folk, we're getting older. By this time Monday came around, we were already, what, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like five, six days into this. We're tired. We've already had all the juggernaut. We're here because we have to be, and we do love this industry. But, like, if you're going to have a showcase like this without, which I think you know everyone wants, like, just try to sneak it in a little earlier, you know, where we're not, like, holding yeah. on until Monday for this moment. But let's just re- quickly go through it. We already talked about Path of the Goddess earlier. We got another look at that. Rihanna, you're very excited about it. And then, you know, Mega Man X Dive Online. And then there was more Street Fighter 6 stuff. They're talking about Capcom's Pro Tour and how they're having a really big-ass prize pool of over a million dollars for first place. And I was like, God damn, I wish I was good at fighting games, but I'm not, so rip me. Um, then we got to look at PSVR 2. And I talked about that. Oh, sorry, RE4, PSVR 2. Literally nothing really new on that, so LOL. And the next thing they showed was Pragmata. And I was really excited at first because my date, my title here is Pragmata, finally, you fuckers. And what we got was this trailer, and it's this little girl. Her name is Diana. And if you don't remember, this is the one with, like, the astronaut dude and, like, that blonde little girl with, like, those really, really blue eyes. Anywho, she's, like, sitting in the middle, like, humming along, like, drawing something. And the the astronaut guy is fighting all these robots. There's lasers, like, going everywhere, combat all around. And he's like, hey, some help. But she's just happily humming and drawing. And then she's like, are we there yet or something? And he finishes killing everyone. He's like, not yet, kiddo. And he picks her up. And then it shows that what she was drawing on was the delay announcement. And it shows the year 2022 crossed out. Then the year next to it, 2023 scribbled out. And then it's just a big old question mark. So as of right now, I mean, I know saying indefinitely delayed makes it sound like this game's never coming. I'm not saying that. But they they didn't even want to say 2024 on it. So... Like, clearly this game is off for a ways, and it is what it is, but we actually saw a little bit more gameplay. You know, it sounds like this little girl is going to be riding on your back. For what reason? I don't know. Just don't give me that Death Stranding shenanigans, please. 
There's Pragmata. That's like literally all that we got from that. The next thing, there's Ghost Trick Phantom Detective, but that game's coming out pretty soon, so we don't need to spend too much time on that, but that looks like a great little a little detective game. But then we did get Ace Attorney Apollo Justice Trilogy, and I was very, very excited about this. I love the Ace Attorney games. They're some of my favorite, and they ha- I have a little bit of a soft spot for them because those were the only games I could play when Jace was just born, and all I could do was lay on the couch, and he was a potato, and he just sat there and slept for like five hours at a time. Remember those days, Andrea? Oh. Uh, Yes, I do. But there was just so easy peasy. So, so, so. Anywho, so this is a three game collection. It's coming out in early 2024. And these are three games remade that released on Nintendo DS back in 2007. Um, And then they came up to 3DS in 2017. And this looks really pretty. There's some really fun cel-shaded shenanigans going on. Um, not a major, you know, I mean, I thought it was a pretty cool announcement, not a huge one. But again, as someone who loves Ace Attorney, I, I definitely squealed and I was very excited. These are just very cathartic games for me. And then they close off with Exoprimal. And honestly, like, I was so bummed out about it because I was expecting, like, one more thing, Resident Evil 4 Separate Ways, but we never got it. And instead, it was this big old deep dive in Exoprimal. And but by that point, I'll be honest, I was so mentally tuned out that I watched it, but I couldn't tell you a goddamn thing that happened during it. That's kind of, like, where I'm at right now. I have July 14th on here, and I don't even know what that means. I have that in my notes. I couldn't even tell you what the significance of that day is. But I know Capcom obviously spent the time on Exoprimal because they really want to push it, and I do want to watch more and pay more attention. But again, like, fatigued mentally, physically, and I was just hoping for that Resident Evil 4 announcement. So, like, my bad. I'll go back. I'll do my research. I don't have any info for you right now. But where the hell is Separate Ways? At least acknowledge it. And it's so concerning because everybody's talking about this and we know it's coming. It has to be coming. It's been dead in mind, et cetera, et cetera. You can't tell me that there wasn't like a three or four, like even 30 second little tease saying like coming soon or more info coming soon. So it's just so bizarre that it wasn't even there. And I'm kind of starting to like be worried. Like, I know I just sounded super confident. Is it coming? I don't know. I fucking hope so. What's going on? I don't know. This was the place to do it and it didn't happen. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the Capcom showcase. Impressive. No. I mean, your recap was impressive. I know, I know. It's fine. Listen, we're allowed to critique the things we love, and I'll just feel like that was an odd showcase. Obviously, oh, Dragon's Dogma was there. Sorry. That was another big thing people focus on, and I didn't get a statement from WoW, and apologies for that. Next time. Well, we will reach out in advance and make sure we get your (sighs) thoughts on everything happening with Dragon's Dogma 2. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, maybe, like, again, this could have been a bomb-ass showcase for the right person, but for me, I was so laser-focused on something, and that's why, at least I'm being transparent. I'm not, you know, I'm telling you, I didn't watch Exoprimal, I didn't pay attention to Dragon's Dogma. That's on me, but it is what it is. Whenever we do these shows, even, like, during regular E3, there's even more stuff. And I think there was, like, this expectation from people to be like, oh, there wasn't supposed to be that much stuff. And I was like, but no, I think we all as gamers wanted a bunch of stuff, but we can never cover it all. And Mm -hmm. even the stuff that we do get to see, we still can't do coverage on all of it because there's only so many hours in the day. And, you know, you can't, you know, be able to devote energy to everything. And it's just, it's hard. I mean, we're only a, you know, we're only a three-person team. And thankfully, you know, Emily Rose did help us out a little bit. but. It's not like we have a, a whatsgoodgames.com like blog where we're going to like do write-ups. That's not our oh business God. model. I would, so. I would, yeah. Oh, I, real quick, I do want to mention that this Thursday is the RGG Studio Showcase. And quote, 
for a panel featuring character introductions and more details on Like a Dragon Gate and the man who erased his name and Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth at the summit. So it sounds like they're not going to be teasing anything new, but my God, if they start announcing like a Yakuza 3 remake, like in the form of Kiwami, I would everywhere. I would look at tendrils from Avatar all day, every day. I would be so, so happy about it. Um, But I'm not. Yeah. Anyway, that's Thursday. So that comes out the day before this releases. So sorry, I can't, I'm not going to be able to talk about it this week. And that is it. That is all that I have for everybody. And mic drop. Well, we basically talked about most of the hands-on stuff inside all of the different news beats. So I feel like this is a good place to call the episode. And boy, it's a it's it's a whopper of an episode, especially when paired with our Play Days special episode that we've already released. So again, yeah. if you guys missed that, please do check it out. We talk about Alan Wake and Foam Stars and Immortals um, of Avium, yeah. Avium which Oxygen we also got hands-on with, which we didn't get a chance to talk about here today. So... We can definitely try to sneak some of that into next week's episode. Some of the more like big highlight moments of gameplay that we missed and more to come. A lot of cool games coming this year, more cool games coming next year. And this was a really fun couple of days and hopefully we get to do this again next year. In fact, Jeff Keighley announced <laughs> that Summer Game Fest is in fact coming back for 2024. He did? Yay. Sure, Yes. They had a record-setting year, a record-breaking, but they didn't say what the record was. Well, there's only one other record was from last year, so it's true. Well, I'm technically, all of them. Fifth, it'll be the fifth anniversary next year of the live stream. But yes, it'll okay. only be year three of Playdays. So hopefully, yeah. you know, Playdays comes back and it's bigger and better. And who knows what's happening with E3? But if this is where's at going forward. I ain't mad at it. Oh, it was no. awesome. Food trucks, and there was a bar, and there were comfortable couches to sit on. And a I coffee got, station. It a was coffee great. station. I got to hang out in a cabana and talk to some guy about his game that I can't talk about because it's under embargo. But yeah, it was like, this is cool. It was nice. Yeah. It was great. It was. <sighs> so much cool stuff. Now we sleep. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for this episode. We will be back next week with more content for you. And uh, hopefully you have a great weekend. You're, you know, playing Zelda or Diablo or Overwatch or whatever your thing is. Have fun. All right, we're tired. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>